Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode, I am thrilled to welcome back my good friend, actor Rebecca Kennedy to the podcast. She recently released a film called Los Angeles, where she plays a character named Jojo, and we talk about that movie in depth. So we talk about it, uh, talk about a couple of different perspectives on it, what she got out of the role. Then we also tease up a couple different projects she's working on right now, one of which called Two Witches uh, that's released is um, making the festival circuit right now. She'll be available to watch here shortly. Um, and Masha, that character in Two Witches, is the polar opposite to her character Jojo in Los Angeles. So, um, But you can hear all of that and more in the episode here in just a moment. But first, did want to let you know that today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Snuffy. Snuffy's a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y.co. The owner and operator of Snuffy is a good friend of the podcast, Nick Silvestri, who designed the Detox Podcast logos. So if you like it and you want to go support him, go check it out, snuffy.co. And by Empire Toys. Nostalgia is something everyone loves, and Empire Toys in Keller, Texas is on Nostalgia Overload. With toys and action figures from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, Empire Toys is a one-stop shop for a trip down memory lane and a chance to reclaim what was once yours but likely sold at a garage sale. Check out Empire Toys on Facebook, Instagram, or at TheEmpireToys.com. Now, if you are a returning listener of the podcast, welcome back. We really appreciate your support. If you're a first-time listener of the podcast, welcome. We hope you like what you hear and that you stick around. If you want to support the podcast, there's a couple different ways you can do that. First, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. That way you never miss an episode. You can rate and review the podcast on your podcast platform of choice, and you can share the episode and the podcast with a friend. Word of mouth is the best way for independent podcasts such as this one to get their name out. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Rebecca Kennedy is right up after this. What's going on? My name is Joe Shaw, and I host the music podcast After the Encore. After the Encore is a long-form, career retrospective podcast that takes you behind the music of some of your favorite artists, musicians like John Oates of Holland Oates, Chris Kirkpatrick of NSYNC, and Jarrett Reddick of Bowling for Soup, and many others. Each season of the podcast is themed around a different topic, like the boy bands of the '90s, badass women in music or even artists that were featured on the TV show, The Voice. I am committed to taking you deep inside an artist's mind to find out why they do what they do, what does music mean to them, and how do they quantify success. We tell an overarching story which will take you not only behind the music, but into the psyche of the artists themselves. After the Encore is a proud member of the Roberts Media Group podcast family, Check us out on any of your favorite podcast platforms today. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time, I am... 
bummed that I don't have grape soda with me for this episode. I've got the fabulous Rebecca Kennedy on the line. Rebecca, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be back. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm doing well. That is a joke about the grape soda that many may, yes. many who are listening may not connect the dots yet, but we will get there. We will definitely get there. I'm excited to have you on the show today because we have been meaning to reconnect ever since the last time you were on the show and you and I were getting to chat and we were talking about a couple of different projects that you had in the works and then you recommended, you said, hey, my film Los Angeles is dropping. It's available November 20th. Why don't we watch it and let's talk about it and then people can go watch it and get excited and get hyped. And I said, yes, absolutely. Let's do that. So, <laughs> so here yes. we are and I have a bunch of questions. I'm very excited to ask you about the film, about <laughs> to ask you about JoJo, about to ask you so many, of course, the grape soda. Um, but first, before we get into all of that, um, here at the yes. Detox Podcast, we do like to kind of level set the conversation a bit. Um, and so I like to ask my guests, and Rebecca, I'll ask you this, what are you currently detoxing from? Ooh. What do you mean by that? I guess is the question sure. I have back. Yeah, no, that's a good. Uh, that's good. N nobody ever asked that back. Funny enough. So, what I mean. So here at the Detox Podcast, I like to invite people to quote right. unquote detox from their life. Just step away from their life and get a window into how other people yes. live their lives and and kind of recharge and then go back out into the world. So what I mean by detoxing is what are you taking a break from or stepping away from in order to give yourself back some, some healing or some time or some perspective? Oh, I love that. No, I love the way that you explained it because for anyone that's listening that is like, wait, what? <laughs> that helps everyone out. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I'd say uh, we, we bought a house in August so that um, has needed some work. Um, and so that has been much of my life the last few months. Um, so uh, this last week, I went to Texas uh, for Thanksgiving and to see my family and stepping away from the house from LA was um, a great way to unplug for a bit and not worry about all of the stuff here and just uh, be able to relax and enjoy my family if that yes that's that, my answer <laughs> I love that you know I was one of the things so we're going to get to like things f people should check out later but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead to, to one of mine because it ties in with exactly what you're saying so I'm holding this up for you and then I'll, I'll share in Instagram and the show notes and everything for others it's it's a book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker and mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of this book. It was recommended to me because it was written for, I almost said for humans, of course. It was written for people as we're re-entering <laughs> into society in a post-pandemic, or not post-pandemic, but um, in a, in a I guess, well, post-having the pandemic lifestyle and, and, and understanding yes. what does reintegration to society mean? Do we need to meet in the same way? And it's calling out the fact that we used to gather out of necessity or out of habit for so long that now when we've been forced to be removed from those constructs and we're re-entering into them, 
examining the purpose and the goal for which we are entering into those those gatherings. And so I've used it a lot to really frame what do I want to get out of gatherings? I think I used to, like so many other people, used to do holidays with family and, and friends because I'm like, well, this is what we've always done. And I, 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 I would feel tired and, and drained, emotionally and mentally drained. And reading this book, I realized mm-hmm. I want to get together with family this weekend because it reminds me of the bonds we share. It reminds me of, of happier times and gives me excited for what's to come. And so my purpose was not about trying to maximize the opportunity and just go out of necessity. My, my goal was to have some meaningful time, break bread, have good conversation with the people that I love the most in life. And that reframing of the situation allowed me to maximize my experience. So yes, I was tired when I got home on Thanksgiving, but it was a good tired and I felt filled up. So it sounds like you were in the same, in the same way along that route as well. Yeah, I love that. I haven't read that book, but I, I'm a big reader. So I'll definitely add that to my list mm-hmm. to check out. Um, I love that. I love because you're right. We do holidays, especially is like, oh, you have to do this because this is tradition. And I'm I'm big on tradition um, myself. So I love the fact that you're doing it because you want to, not because you have to. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I will restate that again later in the episode for those who may missed it. And of course, it'll be in the show notes as well. um, The art of gathering. Now, without further ado, I do want to dive into Los Angeles. And I was I was we were chatting before uh, before I hit record that I had a few funny anecdotes. I was going to share them, but I decided I would wait until we were recording. I didn't want to didn't want to hit you with my jokes ahead of time or not hit serve up (laughs) my jokes right ahead of time. Um, uh, Choice of words. Um, I'm very excited. (laughs) Yes. yes. Well, so what I would say (laughs) is I had the hardest time finding your movie over the weekend when I went to purchase it on Amazon. And that's a plug. If you're listening and you're like, where do I watch this movie? Go to Amazon Prime, purchase it. You'll be glad you did. So there we go. And of course, we'll put the link in the show notes. But I would say I kept searching for Jojo because I'd seen Jojo listed everywhere. And that turned back different search results. First, I got Jojo Rabbit so many times. And then I got Jojo Siwa even more (laughs) times. And I'm like, this isn't this isn't right. This isn't what I'm looking for. And so I spent, I would say (laughs) I should have used my resources a lot faster than I did. And I would have found it's Los Angeles, but instead I kept going down the Jojo rabbit hole that there's a pun there. And, 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 and did not, did not find Rebecca Kennedy's character, Jojo. So finally I acquiesced. I went to IMDb. I found it. I bought it, watched it. It was there. Um, but for those listening, it is called Los Angeles featuring Rebecca Kennedy yes. as the character of Jojo. But I, I want to start out. Jojo. Um, first. So, well, maybe I should say this. So let me read, or let's do this. Let me ask you to tee up. Um, for somebody that's listening and doesn't know about the movie, what is kind of a, a few sentence description you would use to describe Los Angeles for those who may not be familiar with the movie yet? Okay, great. Yes, Los Angeles is, is the story of Jojo, a young mute who I play, who thinks she hears God calling her to save the baby Jesus. So she packs five angels and a shoe shine kit and takes a one-way trip to Tampa, Florida, where she's picked up by Cash, an escaped convict. And then the rest is the story <laughs> that we will not reveal. So of you course. have to watch it to find out what happens next. That's right. 
I want to I want to ask you yes, what that's ty- what I would say. Yeah, yes, I want to ask you what type of preparation um <laughs> did you do for a role in which you literally have no physical speaking lines for the duration of the movie? What how did you prep for something like, for a project like this? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, someone else asked me that and it you know made me think about it because really I don't prepare any differently than I do for a a character that has dialogue. Um, I still do all of my homework before I go to set, you know, all the acting things that, that are, you know, boring for most people, but you know, what, what the character wants and her objective and her needs and her, all of that stuff I still do. Um, And then, you know, Mitch director uh, and I came up with the signs that we were, that I would do throughout the movie for what things meant. He wanted it very not, uh, uh, charades. Yeah, he wanted her to have signs that meant things that maybe the audience wouldn't know, but either characters would figure out or like her dad already knows. Um, and so you know, I do did all that work uh, beforehand, and then I get to set, you know, and I I play. I try to pay attention to the other characters. Uh, Tony, who plays Cash, was wonderful to work off of, and he would really go with me if we improved or whatever uh, would happen in the scene. He was great following along. So, you know, the prep is not really different because I still, you know, Jojo still has all the things that, you know, normal people, everyday people have and want and her goals. um, She just doesn't use normal speech to uh, communicate them. So everything that she communicates is through her face, through her body, through her uh, hands, yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting preparation, but not much different. If sure. that makes if that makes sense. Yeah, no, uh, it definitely. Yeah, it's it, she was just a, such a fun character to play. It definitely makes sense, and I would I would go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So I I have to commend you on the ability to uh, both communicate and emote using face like facial expressions and not get drawn into a, um, a, a caricature of, of that. I think it's so easy to, to I, I'm very guilty of it. It's like, oh, I'm not speaking, so I'm going to overemphasize with my face to, to get my point across. And it was, I noticed there was a lot of like less is more moments and, and your connection, yes. your, the, the most, um, the the most like endearing and funny interactions are when uh, Cash would be interacting with you, and you would be like reacting via your face with either like um, happiness or disdain or frustration or whatever, and he would just like go back and forth, and I could almost hear the words of what JoJo would be saying inside, and that's when I was like, "This is good. This is I'm sucked in to oh, to that." Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, did you, I would say, um, there's a there's a line early on in the film where where Jojo's dad talks about how he tried to teach her sign language, but it didn't um, it didn't take, and so she kind of invented her own signs. Um, did you do did you or the director do any type of research into other mute characters? Um, or or figures throughout history who kind of made made up or not made up but but had their own type of language that was unique to them. I didn't do a lot of research into other 
characters per se. Um, it was more on why uh, Jojo chose not to speak and why she decided that her own language was how she was going to communicate. I think she's, you know, as he says in the movie as well, like she doesn't do anything she doesn't want to do. Right. So, you know, she was very, someone that's very stubborn and, um, you know, in a good way. Um, and also has a lot of uh, drive to do what she wants to do. So I think, you know, for her coming up with her own language was unique for her. And there was a lot of things that she could not control in her life, like being abandoned. Mm -hmm. um, and so sign language was something for her own made up sign language was something that she could control. Right. So I think for me, that was kind of where I decided that she was coming from um, a really great director. Uh, thank you, by the way, for your sweet words. Um, uh, Bethany, who directed me in Chrono Minds, uh, reminded me on one day on set that she's like, your eyes, your eyes say everything. So just trust them. So that, you know, really came to me during this role. Um, like you said, that I didn't need to over-exaggerate. I didn't need to overact. Um, that I could trust that whatever I was thinking would come across in my eyes or in my body language. And that that's you know really was like screaming in my head a lot during the movie because it is it is easy to want to over gesticulate or over do it you know there's the one scene the bar scene where you know that's probably the more the the farthest she goes with it because it was very you know that was the scene um but just you know listening really really listening i mean we're supposed to listen as actors anyway right. but that's like all i could do in that movie really was listen and so that forced me to listen even more and hear things that I hadn't heard, even though I knew the lines, to try to find things I hadn't heard. Uh, so it was an interesting process. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't necessarily research other characters. It was more figuring out why she is the way she is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, I was watching – when you were referencing the bar scene, were you referencing the the ginger ale moment? Yes. Were, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, of course, she's surrounded by people that have no idea what she's saying. So you really, you know, she had to really, that was more of charades than, right. than, you know, than in the rest of the movie because they had no clue. But that was such a fun, that was actually the first scene we filmed. Right. And I was terrified because I was like, oh, I feel like this is so much. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was like, I was guessing at the TV at one point too because i was like i don't know what it is is it this is it soda <laughs> is it is it um what did I, I i thought it was seltzer water actually mm. and then and then the ginger ale and i was like okay that that makes sense but it, was, <laughs> it was cracking me up it's like all right it tickles tickles the nose and what is uh -huh. it it's got bubbles and so it was good um i gotta ask about so you brought up that, that um that that specific bar scene was was first now did did um, was this shot uh, exclusively in California, or was or was it shot a bit over? So that particular bar scene took place in um, in the movie in Austin. Um, did you film in Austin for this, or was this primarily in California? So we shot all in California, and the the wonders of the magic of movie making sure, <laughs> to sure. make it seem like we were traveling across the country. Um, we actually shot mostly in Merced. Okay. Uh, Merced, California, which is about uh, four and a half hours from Los Angeles. Um, that's where the director grew up. Um, and so he still has a lot of ties there as well. So we, we actually did a screening on um, November 20th, the day it came out in Merced. So the people there got to see the movie and, and they loved it because they, you know, recognized all the locations right. and 
you know, so um, it would have been fun to travel, of course, but it was nice, you know, somewhat nice that we didn't actually have to as well. Um, And that they have locations that look just like Austin. I was like, oh, this could totally be in Austin. No, that's why, (laughs) that's why I had to ask because I was fooled a bit. I was like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure I've passed about five of these barbecue (laughs) joints last weekend. Like what, what, what is going on? So I, I just had to know. Yep. Okay. Um, now, what was, I would say, well, I want to back up a bit because I, I don't want to give anything away, but I, one, of, one of the interesting arcs, I would say, there's, there were two interesting arcs and they were, they were a bit parallel, I would say. So I think both with Jojo's dad, um, when we, from when we first meet him to where we leave him at the end of the movie, and then also with Cash when we meet him. And then uh-huh. cutting ahead to, to the end of the movie, it seems like Jojo has this effect on on those that she's closest with. Well, really to everyone, but specifically to those she's closest with, like her dad yeah. and, and Cash, where she accompanies them on a journey towards fulfillment. Um, and that kind of manifests in different ways. And I would say, how did you... Um, interpret Jojo's impact on others and maybe what she set out to do in the course of the movie and then where we see where we think we see Jojo progressing as the movie ends yeah those are great questions I don't know for me looking at her I didn't I didn't try to think about um how because obviously from an outside perspective, when you watch the film, you're like, wow, she literally changes everyone yeah. that she meets their lives and for the better. Right. And, but when I was playing her, I tried not to think that I knew that. Like I, Rebecca knows it, but I had to forget that Jojo is not thinking like, oh my God, I'm so amazing. Like, right. look what all the things that I will do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and the way that I will change your life, just right. wait. Right. Um, and that's, you know, she has that innocence about her that she doesn't, really totally understand the effect that she's having on people in the moment. She just is there. And I think that's what makes her beautiful as a character because she's unaware of her, basically her heart is so pure, you know, yeah. she, I, she's not perfect. Obviously there, there are, you know, no one is, but she's about as pure as a character as I've played for sure. <laughs> as far as just being uh, her heart, it's just, she wants and loves to help others. She just doesn't know exactly how she's going to do it. You know, like I said in the synopsis, you know, she feels like she's here, here's God calling right. and she has to go on this adventure, but she doesn't know why. And she doesn't know why either until the end, you know, when you find we won't spoil it for right. anyone, but when you find out at the end, the purpose for the journey is the same time she's finding out the purpose for the journey. And I think that's such, such a beautiful thing in that, that she's just, goes on faith, yeah. not knowing what, why, or what's going to happen, but that just whoever she meets, is going to help her along the way. And I, you know, as a, as Rebecca, I was like, I could learn so much from her, <laughs> you know, and, right. and, and trusting and having that, that faith um, in others that, you know, no matter who they are, that they can help you in some way is just a really beautiful um, thing. And then I, I'm trying to remember all of your questions because they were so good. Um, remind me the last, yeah, no, the so, last part. So after, <laughs> after she's got that impact, where do, we, where do we think JoJo goes from there? 
because she's she's impacted so many people. Yes. And then where I, I guess maybe it's like, do we foresee her continuing down this path of listening to the voices and and impacting people, or perhaps like, will she? Is there something different maybe on the horizon? I know this is just speculation, but I'm just it, that's where I was going. I was thinking about it constantly yeah. over the weekend. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah, the director actually has a sequel in mind where she goes on another adventure, another journey to find someone else. Um, I won't give anything away because I, I don't want to mm -hmm. uh, speak in case he decides to do something different. Sure. <laughs> I'm like, I'm holding you to this, Mitch. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that for her, yeah, it's like now now it's out there. So now you have to do the sequel. Right. Um, I think for her, it'll be who who she can impact next and the next the next journey that she will find herself on um i don't think she you know she's she's definitely not done with with what her purpose yeah um in life and um it'll be interesting i would love to do a sequel i would love to see where her journey could go from here and who she could meet along the way um and yeah i, I hope that i get to do that because that would be a really cool opportunity to to further develop her and see what happens next uh, with her. Definitely. You know, you were talking about her, her, her good nature, that she's pure of heart, all these things. And we talk about the journey that she goes on and, and you were talking about it in broad strokes, obviously, because we don't want to give anything away. And I was getting goosebumps all over again. And I was remembering right. the moment at the end of the movie when everything comes together and just feeling that like, whoa, this is incredible. This is, this is amazing. And, and I was just thinking about this in, in, in a way I was thinking about this yesterday as well, where I feel it's rare um, for me. And maybe it's just the this is more a testament to the type of stuff I consume. So maybe it's just me, but I would say it's rare for me to watch a character that is both pure of heart and um, both pure of heart, like no ulterior motives, purely going to leave the world better than they found it. Um, and then seeing how that impact that positively impacts everyone around them. I don't feel I often see that type of, that type of stuff. I, I will see a character who has good intentions and maybe burns some bridges and repairs them, but I don't get that from Jojo. I get strictly a this innate ability to positively leave the world better than she found it. And that resonated with me in a way yeah. it's hard for me to comprehend. So I would say if you are if people are watching this, what is maybe one lesson that you would like for them to take away from watching Los Angeles and watching JoJo's character specifically? Oh, that's great. Um, I think, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to trust people, right? We, it's a, oftentimes we say, oh, people suck. <laughs> and, and they can, for sure. <laughs> they absolutely can. But, you know, for me, taking away from her and that I hope that other people would as well is giving people a little more credit that they can maybe find their way if they're lost. Yeah. You know, cause she meets people, not, not everyone is lost, but a lot of the people that she meets, like you said, cash, her father are pretty much at the lowest they could be right. You know, he's yep. breaking out of prison where he spent most of his life 
Uh, her father, when she meets, you know, him uh, was an alcoholic who lost his family. Um, it's like those kind of people are not high on people's priority list of people that you want to hang out with, that you want to get to know, that you want to think are good people. Yet she doesn't see that. She just sees a person and wants to give them a chance. Yep. And I think that's so beautiful. And I hope that I myself can do that more because, you know, we, we're very quick to, to judge people um, based on looks, based on all kinds of things. Yep. And she doesn't. She doesn't see any of that. She just sees a human that needs love. Yep. And I hope that other people can see that too, um, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that's one of the things that we talk about quite a bit on this show is, is it seems like if we are able to sit down at a table with folks, break bread, have a conversation, get to know people's stories and perspective, then we can start making an impact on our community, our world, making a more inclusive society, and we won't find ourselves so at odds with one another. Um, but it's easy to say, very difficult to do. And for me, it was very refreshing to see a movie yes. featuring a character <laughs> that that is, that is their their MO, right? That's, that's what they do. Um, and I, I love that. And the music for yeah, the I, movie was incredible for sure. Oh, Oh, thank you. Yeah. When I read the script, I immediately fell in love with her. Um, I, I knew the casting director and he reached out to me and was like, I have the script. I want you to audition. Please read it and please at least consider it. And so I read it and I was like, I'm in, I want to audition, like put me in. Right, <laughs> like, right. How, how do I audition for this? Because I hadn't like the same, I hadn't read a script or seen a character like that. That is just so, she just, like, I love the line at the end and this isn't giving anything away, you know, when Cash says she's sure something else, isn't she? Yeah. Like that sums up her character for me. Like she just is something else and otherworldly. Like, is she even human? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. You know, like there's, there's a lot of questions that could be raised about, is she even a human? I, you know, right. who knows? Right. That's the beautiful thing about the movie is it really uh, could be, you know, could be interpreted many different ways in different, the different parts of the film. Right. So, yeah. No, a hundred percent. All right. Well, before we move on to the next part of the episode, I got some other questions I want to ask you about before we do that, we're going to put this in the show notes, but yes. if people are like, I still can't remember where Joe said, I need to go watch this. Can you, Point people in the right direction. <laughs> yes, you can go to Amazon and you search Los Angeles. You can rent it or buy it, or you can also go to Google Play. If you're still confused, <laughs> you can't find it when you search. Um, you can go to IMDb and go to Los Angeles or Rebecca Kennedy, and uh, it's you know it's you can click on the watch on Amazon and it'll take you right to the movie. Um, so those are the so far those are the places you could find it, and I really appreciate you watching it. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Just want yes. to mention that. Yes, of course. Well, it is. I you know, it is nothing that I love more than to support my friends and all of their creative endeavors. And so, I absolutely let's put some goodness. Let's put some JoJo goodness 
back out into the universe for folks to to discover this film, yes. get it, and and be changed by it. So wonderful, wonderful. And again, if you are still still confused, just scroll down to the description in this podcast and, <laughs> and click, and it'll go right there. You can just buy it. Hush about it. All right. So I want to ask, um, so shifting a little bit, um, definitely want to ask some more acting questions. But now I know we... We're gonna we're gonna have you back on the show to talk about this when I get a chance to watch the movie. But you were also in a film called Two Witches, where you played, I would argue, um, probably the exact opposite of JoJo. Yes. Um, <laughs> speaking of otherworldly, um, yes. and <laughs> and uh, character Masha in the sh- in the movie Two Witches. So I've not been able to see it yet. It's making the rounds right now, as I see on your Instagram and, and other places as well. But um, let folks in on who Masha yes. is, what the movie is Two Witches, and then give them something to look forward to when we have the ability to see it. Yes. Uh, so right now it is, like you said, it's making the festival rounds. So it's not available yet to watch or buy, but hopefully soon. Um, I love the log line. It's very simple. Uh, witches don't die before leaving their legacy. And I think that really kind of sums up the, the movie. Uh, it's called Two Witches. And I play Masha, who is uh, one of the witches. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, I basically inherit inherit my powers from my grandmother who passes them down once she passes away. And you are correct. I play the exact opposite of Jojo. (laughs) Masha is probably the worst of the worst. (laughs) Um, As Rebecca, as Rebecca can say now, Masha would never say that about herself. People, you know, do what they have to do to survive. And she is a character that, you know, is kind of not seen. She's someone that doesn't feel like anyone notices her and she feels very powerless. So when she gets these powers, uh, she goes a little overboard (laughs) with them. Um, And now, you know, I can't, I don't want to give too much away and I'm excited for you to see see it and I'm excited for everyone to see it. Yes. But she's definitely not a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 um, it's interesting to me how, um, I think, you know, you talked about um, goes a little overboard when she when she gets her powers. And I would say, how how can you when you get into so we talked about your prep and and I know that you talked about um, you don't really prep necessarily any differently. You do kind of all the standard things. But how can you when you get on set and you're getting into the mind of someone like Masha, how do you kind of orient yourself um, in the setting to to really embody that essence of Masha? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question. For me, for her, I had to go off because these characters, a lot of the characters I play, most of the characters I play, I can't relate to, thankfully, <laughs> knock on wood in real life. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I don't have experience with any of this. So I have to find this, this something I can relate to. So I can relate to feeling not seen. I can relate to feeling small. I can f- relate to pe- people not noticing me or not feeling like you have power. I can relate to that. So for her, I had to really tap in to the desperation to be noticed by anyone. Like, you know, t- to have be that person that walks in the room and everybody turns and looks at, you know, yeah. to, uh, yeah, that is basically where it came from was just like pure 
desperation of like, I am powerful. I will, I want to be, she just wants to be a badass so right. badly that that's what her focus is. Um, so that is where it came from. And then the rest is just play and imagination and having fun because, you know, if you're not having fun playing a character like that, why bother? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is exciting. Um, and, and a little scary. Um, but definitely, definitely exciting. Um, okay. Well, before we go into the final segment of the episode, I do want to ask you, um, what can you, uh, what are you working on currently? Any, anything that you can tease out for us as we continue to be ever amazed by the acting career of one Rebecca Kennedy? Well, you're so sweet. Um, so I did a film, uh, uh, first time doing a sci-fi film. Ooh. So I did a sci-fi film this, uh, over in September, uh, August, September of this year um, called The Other Kind. And I can't really give too much away about that one other than just it's about a small town where people start disappearing. That's Ooh. kind of all I can give away at this point. But I get to play a really interesting kind of lonely character who again finds um finds something otherworldly <laughs> and that's all i can all i can say about okay. her because the director would probably kill me if i if nope. i give anything away yep um i also apologize if you hear my cat in the background because she's decided that i <laughs> am done with this interview and it's i perfect. pay attention to her <laughs> it's okay i had to shut um, mine out yeah. so <laughs> Yeah, normally I would, but she sits at the door and cries. She's insufferable sometimes, yep. <laughs> but I love her. Uh, and then uh, I have another movie uh, coming up that I have not shot yet, but it's uh, going to be begin filming in January called The Demons Within. And I can say pretty much that I play someone who becomes possessed. Ooh. And that's all I can really say about that one. <laughs> okay. All right. But it should be really fun. I'm really looking forward to going going into that dark side of of a character I so yeah that's it. what i have going on right now that is absolutely fantastic well i can't wait um i think i shared this last time that you were on that you were on the show is that like while i may not always be able to watch everything you're in with my eyes fully open sometimes i put kind of my eye my hands <laughs> over my eyes a little bit but I want to support my friends, so absolutely I watch it. Just sometimes I gotta I gotta do one of these. People can't see that I'm putting my fingers over yeah. my eyes, but I still watch it. And I encourage everyone listening to do so <laughs> as well. It is absolutely fantastic. In Los Angeles, I was able to watch both eyes open, no hands over my eyes. It was great. It was. Yeah, I, I want to mention that it is not a scary movie, right? Yes, because a lot of people are asking because I've done a lot of scary movies right. that it is scary and I'm like okay it's not scary please uh, I can't say it's for the whole family because there is some language sure, in sure. it but it's definitely not um, at all scary so um, not, a, not even a thriller not at all right. <laughs> it's a, an adventure story I'd yes um, but yeah I want to put that out there because I've had a lot of people like oh I haven't watched it because I thought it was scary right. I'm like no it's scary so, how good it is um, but is it's not, um, not actually <laughs> I get, I get. All right. Well, perfect. All right. So now this is, oh yeah. Oh, you were going to bring the grape soda back around. Oh yes. Yes. You, oh yes. Me? Yes. Thank you for the reminder. Um, I, yes. So in, thank you for the reminder. So in Los Angeles, Jojo has this affinity uh -huh. where she loves grape soda. And I just got to know like, where did that come from? 
and 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 also it made me want grape soda for the first time in years and i couldn't find any today or yesterday or the day before um so yes i lots of questions about about grape soda yes so what what, what so i love grape soda as rebecca like i love grape soda and i can't remember this is bad, but I I can't remember in the script if it was just a soda that was unspecified and I said I wanted grape soda or if it was specifically grape soda. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back and look at the – because I love it too. Like that's right. one of my favorite sodas. It's really hard to find. Um, so I can't remember if it was specifically grape soda or if I just was like, I want grape soda. <laughs> I just remember – they, yeah. they had to find all these bottles of it. <laughs> I just remember I yeah. think I think it was I think I think there was a scene where you're coming back to the car and Cash hands you a bottle of I I thought it was grape soda but now I'm just wondering if it's it just is. Okay okay so yeah so No it was it's... they found they found a bunch of bottles of it and I love that they found bottles of it and not like not cans right. or plastic. They found actual <laughs> glass bottles. <laughs> Made me so happy. <laughs> oh, that is incredible. Incredible. Well, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I haven't had grape soda in forever. Good luck finding it. Uh, it's been very yeah. difficult for me, um, but perhaps you'll have better luck than I have. So, but yes, thank you for bringing that around. I I, yes. I, I had to tee it up there at the beginning. Um, and then people are like, what? Grape soda? What is going on? But yes, if we just left that thread dangling, somebody would say, I don't, I don't know what's going on with grape soda. So there we go. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, now it's closed. Yes. Now it's closed. Just another plug for folks to go watch Los Angeles to see more. So, um, but now we're going to get to the part of the show that I call things to check out. So it's a segment where I will provide a couple of recommendations of things I'm watching, things I'm reading, something I'm listening to. Um, and I encourage my guests to provide a few recommendations as well. So I will go first and I will, uh, there's a couple things. So I mentioned at the beginning, the book, The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, uh, the full full title, The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters by Priya Parker. Highly recommend it. Cannot recommend it highly enough. I read an article. If you're unsure of the book, Priya Parker wrote an article, which is basically the book in kind of a long-form article par- par- portion, excuse me, where uh, she details the, the thesis of the book about setting your intentions, being intentional about why we gather. And she actually has a beautiful... Um, so I encourage people, if they're curious about the book, go read, the, go search for her article and then, and then get the book. Um, but there's a beautiful part in the book she talks about um, where it's almost when we gather, we should almost have a bit of a moment of, of reflection and acknowledgement that the time that we're meeting, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but the time that we're meeting is sacred because she said, we enter into this meeting. So let's take this recording between you and me right now. We enter into this at a very specific point in time with very specific things happening to both of us. And we're going to leave this and do our own things. And the next time that we come back together, we will be very different people, not radically changed, but just we will have different life experiences, more life experiences, we'll be older, different things will have happened to us. And we are no longer, we are in this moment in time, the only versions of ourselves we will ever be. And then the next time we will be different versions of ourselves and on and on and on. And, and I never thought about it like that. 
but it's so true and it's it's stuck with me um and so i i, I try and approach even if it's just like a hey you got five minutes i need to chat about about this like task we're doing or whatever i i kind of take a moment and i and i think about where i am in the moment and and where the other person i'm talking to is in the moment and and yeah i definitely it's changed my perspective and i love it so that was that's something I just wanted to share about about that book. Couple of, couple of other quick hits. Hmm. Um, uh, Netflix series Midnight Mass uh, by Mike Flanagan, the brilliant, wonderful Mike Flanagan. Yes. Everybody should check that out. I have it still yes. sticks with me. I think about it constantly, and it is. Inc- I saw a really great piece in the Atlantic talking about. Um, the ways in which religion is used in that miniseries, comparing it to like The Exorcist when that movie came out in the 70s. And it was very well done. So I won't give anything away, but definitely folks go check it out. Um, and then if yeah, you Yeah, nothing. You can yeah. give nothing. Give, no. give nothing away. No, not at all. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, and then the things I'm listening to, my good friend Lara Whitley hosts the Hellbound podcast, which is about spooky, scary stuff and true crime. Go check it out. She's been a guest on the show before. And then I still always a favorite of mine. I listen to all the time, almost as supplemental therapy. Uh, it's Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, my absolute favorite show. So go check that out. Uh, love, love his interviews. If you need some to listen to his first interview with Dane Cook was incredible. So, um, and then there's so many that come out all the time. So anyways, those are my recommendations. Rebecca. Who are you reading? Who are you listening to? What are you watching? Uh, so reading. So I'm I am a huge book nerd, <laughs> and so I have an actually have an Instagram, uh, a book club. So if anyone out there wants book recommendations, uh, it's called Actors Who Book. So it's Ooh. a little a pun on actors who read and hopefully actors who work <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, and right. You know, and tomorrow we're doing our first official book club, uh, inviting anyone that wants to join us that's read the book uh, to come on. The book that we are doing is called The Night She Disappeared by Lisa Jewell. So it's definitely not um, in your same category as being a deep, uh, thoughtful book, but it's a really fun thriller. So if you like thrillers and mysteries and those kind of things, uh, that's what a lot of what we read. Um, so that's definitely check out our uh, Instagram page to get more recommendations. But I can't really give much away about the book because it will spoil it. Sure. So it's one of those ones you should probably know very little going <laughs> sure. in and just read it and enjoy the ride. Um, watching. So we're a little behind, but I'm loving, obviously, the second season of You. Oh. Is, it's not caught up yet because family things happen and what whatnot, but I'm looking forward to finishing. Thankfully, I have not seen any spoilers. Good. But I'm also watching um, my friend Samantha was in the first episode of Sex Lies of College Girls. So I watched the first episode just to watch her. And then I've actually uh, really been enjoying it so far. It's been really fun. So I watched like three episodes on the plane coming back. And it's just a lot of of fun. Uh, Yeah. And then listening. I have not been listening to a lot lately just because life has been a little crazy. But I will give a shout out to uh, One Broke Actress, who has a fantastic uh, podcast. And also Audrey Helps Actors for anyone that's 
looking to start an acting career or trying to figure out how to get into acting or as a beginner um, or even not beginning, just uh, someone that needs inspiration as well. It's a great, two great podcasts to check out. So yes, that's where I'm at. I... And, and also I haven't started season two of The Great yet on Hulu, oh. but I, I cannot wait because I loved season one. I loved season one. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's so good. Oh, and yeah. just like Nicholas Holt, I, I just, I, you want his character to not succeed, but he's so damn charming that you're just like, ah, I can't help it. I can't help it. Oh, he's absolutely great. And they play off each other so well. Yes. And Elle are just, just so great together. Um, yeah, I love the first season. So I'm really, I wanted to wait to start it until I could be like focused and just like watch it on my TV and not, you know, my little tiny screen. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's well worth it. Um, that's another great recommendation. Oh, so good. So good. And you said the, the Instagram is at actors who book. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. That's correct. For anyone that needs good book, uh, recommendations. Perfect. Yeah. I, I will go join that, uh, right away. I'm super excited awesome. to, awesome. to see that. So, all right. So on that note, uh, as we wrap this up, uh, Rebecca, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? So I'm on Instagram at Becca, B-E-K-A-H-K. Um, long story, but my name was taken. And then I picked it when before Instagram was even really a big thing. Nobody was really using it back then. And and now it's forever there. So, <laughs> so people are probably like, who is this that's following me? I don't understand. Um, and then, and then Twitter is at Rebecca Kennedy, R-E-B-K-A-H uh, Kennedy. Yeah. Perfect. So you can find me. Perfect. That's wonderful. Well, Rebecca, as always, this has been an absolute pleasure and an utter delight. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't wait for you to come back on again so we can talk about Masha and how, how I yes. watched the entire movie like yes. this with my hands, <laughs> eyes peeking through, but I'm excited because I've heard nothing but good yes. things about it. So I'm excited to watch it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so, uh, so glad to have done this and you're just, you rock. So I appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, listeners, you've been detoxing with detox. Now go and make a more inclusive world. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.